Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this special supplemental episode, we're talking to the romantics director Smitri Mundra about her four-part Netflix docuseries, Net- Nepotism in Bollywood, and of course, what she thinks of Befakray. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. Matt, we are jumping in here with a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit of an exciting episode. We were lucky enough to speak to the director of The Romantics, the four-part Netflix docuseries about Yash Chopra and Yash Rush films that has this kind of incredible scoop interview with Aditya Chopra. We reviewed it on our last episode. And yeah, we had the opportunity to talk to the director, Smitri Mundra, and we're really excited to share that interview with all of our listeners here. So yeah, listen to it now. Thanks for coming on the show, Smriti. How are you today? Doing very well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Cool. And you're uh, in the States, right? You're in New York, I think? Uh, Los Angeles, actually. Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite American cities. So yeah, we're, <laughs> we're up here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So uh, the weather is much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you guys are having a big snowstorm and stuff right now, yeah. but uh, I no, won't. That's... I will not complain about the cold to someone who's in, sitting in Alberta. That, that is our that is our lives. <laughs> uh, it's actually not too bad here. It's uh, minus one Celsius. I don't know what that is. Mid twenties, I guess. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so your new show, The Romantics, just came out on Netflix, and uh, yeah, could you tell us a bit about? Uh, sort of your history with Hindi cinema and uh, your dad's theater and all that stuff. That's really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like many diaspora kids, I grew up with Hindi movies. That was sort of our our main cultural connection, you know, to our motherland um, uh, at a time, you know, growing up in the 90s, especially, you know, before social media and before air travel was, you know, more accessible and convenient, you know, for a lot of a lot of us movies you know was how we learned the language it's how we learned about our festivals and our cultural traditions and things like that for better or for worse mm-hmm. um and uh but i had like a little bit besides you know sort of the typical diasporic you know experience you know with hindi cinema i had a little bit of an extra exposure because um my parents were involved in the industry in a number of different ways um one mm-hmm. you know before i was born they um, operated a single screen movie theater in Los Angeles in Culver City called the Moralta Theater. And um, they, scre- they were the first exhibitors of Hindi films in the United States. Um, and I have, grew up hearing stories about that theater and how um, it sort of brought the South Asian community, you know, um, the sort of small and, and you know, uh, splinter, disparate South Asian community at the time together. You know, people would come every weekend to the theater and um, there, are, there are friendships, you know, and uh, relationships that were formed in that environment that have, that are now entering their like fourth decade, you know. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, it really was, it, it sort of became sort of a flashpoint, you know, um, uh, for the community and the formation of the community. Um, but it also, you know, it was sort of reflective of my dad's like deep, deep love and obsession with Hindi cinema. Um, hmm. My dad, you know, grew up middle class in Calcutta, um, zero access or connections to the film industry whatsoever um he was a smart kid so he got you know went to iit engineering school got a scholarship got to come to america for further studies higher education 
and, um, you know, was sort of like plotting his way towards Hollywood. I put that in air quotes, you know, <laughs> like whatever, the closest he could get to the film industry. And um, the, of course, you know, in the seventies, you know, every door was closed to him, you know, in, uh, yeah. in, in the studio system out here. Um, so he became an exhibitor in a way, as a way to uh, find some avenue into the film industry and make contacts um, in the only sort of way that he knew how to, which was through entrepreneurship. And um, uh, so for me, you know, I, 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 and the story has a happy ending that my dad did end up becoming the director and had a very prolific career, you know, um, making films for 40 years, you know, until his, until his death in 2011. Um, and, um, but, you know, for me, it was just like in the water, you know, mm -hmm. it was in everything for me growing up. It was our, you know, it was my dad's profession. So like I grew up watching him, you know, hustle. I grew up watching him work, you know, on film sets. Um, I also like very meaningfully grew up watching movies with him because he was a huge fan of movies of all kinds. And, you know, we were, since my earliest memories are of just watching movies with him, uh, particularly nice. Hindi movies. Um, and so I just had a lot of exposure, you know, to all of that growing up. Um, and because of my dad's work, you know, we moved back and forth between the U.S. and India. So I spent a lot of time in India as well, you know, growing up. So India has never felt, you know, foreign to me. So the idea of a sort of family run uh, life connected to film, much like uh -huh. YRF Studios, makes a lot of sense for you to be working on Absolutely. the project. Yeah. Absolutely. How, did, Absolutely. How, how did you how did you get in touch with YRF? Did they seek you out or how did that come about? No, I mean, I had a, for a long time, you know, wanted to do something. I wanted to when I you know started making films, you know, especially nonfiction films, I sort of had this broad goal that I wanted to make something that touched on the major sort of themes, you know, that are that touch the vast majority of Indians, if not all Indians. So one is, you know, the idea of our traditions around marriage, you know, which I did through A Suitable yeah. Girl, my first documentary, and then Indian matchmaking. Um, the other was cinema, you know, and I wanted to do something that explored our relationship with cinema and also our contribution, you know, to global cinema. Um, and, uh, you know, the last thing, which is still something that I hope to do is something around cricket. You know, these are like sort of the three things that really define, you know, um, uh, what it means to be an Indian, you know, these three facets of life. Um, but for cinema, you know, it was just that that's, I wanted to do something that really examined, you know, and explored our cinema, cinematic traditions and culture, its relationship with the audiences, but also its impact globally, you know, um, and the craft, you know, behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, as I was progressing in my career, and when I went to film school, I was studying the works of, you know, uh, cinematic traditions from all over the world, including Japanese cinema, French New Wave, Italian cinema, what have you. Um, but Indian cinema was never in that conversation. Um, and, you know, for me, I, my mind immediately went to Yash Chopra as a lens through which to explore this topic. Um, because, you know, for one, you know, he was responsible for some of the most iconic films, you know, um, that we define, that we think of when we think of the term Bollywood or Hindi cinema or those tropes, like they yeah. were really authored by him. Um, but also, you know, he's a rare filmmaker whose career spanned so many decades. You mm -hmm. know, he started his career in the aftermath of uh, independence and partition, and his career continued through the sort of corporatization, you know, of, um, of India, you know, that sort of uh, 2010s, you know, 2000s phase. So like his career kind of 
you could graft his career alongside a lot of major changes, you know, artistic changes, cultural changes, socioeconomic changes in India over so many decades. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of where it started. You know, I wanted to make a docuseries on Yash Chopra and his impact and influence. Um, and uh, I knew, you know, the first and foremost, when you're trying to make an archival docuseries, you need access to the material, you need access to mm-hmm. the films and the music. And of course, if there's any behind the scenes archive, so I approached um, Yashraj Films, you know, to see if they would, uh, you know, give me access to all of this. Um, and they were, you know, very open and interested and, you know, willing to do that. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah, the uh, the wedding um, footage for Yash and Pamela, that's his wife, right? She was a really mm-hmm. interesting interview, but like their wedding footage was beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> But if you're Yash Chopra, I'm sure you're going to get like the best cinematographer you can ask for, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Yash Chopra, you um, you focused the movie on his romantic features, I think, because it's called the Romantics. But was there any movies that you would have liked to talk about a bit more? Uh, like we saw a little bit of Kalapatar, saw yeah. a fair amount of Mashal, but was there because he had quite the varied filmography was there anything that you wanted to focus on more but couldn't really fit into the uh um the scheme that you're working in oh yeah oh my gosh like I think the biggest challenge in making the series was trying to condense all of those all of that material hundreds of hours of material into four one-hour episodes and you know I think it's been interesting to sort of see the conversation since the show has come out and you know people being like well how can you focus on this film so much and you didn't even barely touch on this other film and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those choices were made because it wasn't just about doing like a highlight reel of the best movies you know um, the most iconic movies it was about talking about the movies that represented some pivotal moment in Yes Chopra's career or the story of the studio or Aditya's career, um, you know, or capture the zeitgeist of the time in some way. So mm-hmm. um, so sometimes, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on movies that were maybe lesser hits or, you know, um, lesser, you know, didn't, you know, haven't been remembered as, 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 as fully. And, you know, there are films like Virzara, which is a beloved film. It's an amazing yeah. film, you know, an incredible film, but it, it, you know, when you're telling a story in a documentary form, you're kind of pushing, you know, it's like, it's, it's storytelling, just like any other storytelling. And, you know, sometimes like, you know, narratively in that moment, that film wasn't the one to focus on, you know, mm. it was a great, amazing, iconic film, but it was a classic Yes Chopra film, you know, um, and it wasn't advancing my story, you know, of his career um, that, to warrant a deep dive, you know, in those four hours. Um, but it's definitely it is, one that's been examined a lot too. People, yes, exactly. People have talked exactly. a lot about Yashar. Not a lot of people have talked about Hum Tum, so that was interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Birzara is definitely one I would have loved to have done more on. I would have loved to honestly have done even more on the music, um, mm-hmm. particularly in the earlier like Shivhari era, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would have loved to have done more on that, but we kind of told that story through, chose to tell that story through Pamela Chopra and her contributions. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of interesting backstory on Kalapatar, and I would have loved to have talked more about the making of that. Just, you know, Yash Chopra came to the U.S. and really tried to engage with, I think, some of the technicians from, uh, uh, I think it was like the Indiana Jones movies or something like that for some of the technological things, you know, in that Mm -hmm. film. Um, So I would have loved to have done more on that. I had actually edited a whole six-minute sequence on Diwar, you know, which was heartbreaking for me to cut down, you know, but... 
that that is one film where uh, Yashraj Films doesn't hold those rights, and I had to yeah. go externally for those rights, and we were only able to get it, you know, like 16 seconds, you know, of uh, of that film to use. So I had to trim down, you know, a lot of the backstory around that film. So and yeah, you had to lots. explain the angry young man. So they explained Bachchan. Then you explained yeah. Bachchan, you know, in Kabi Kabi, and then Mohabbatin later on. So yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What about Itifak? Did you think about that one at all? Itifak, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that was, I'm trying to think if we actually edited something around that and left it out. I don't think we did actually, because, mm. you know, we had, you know, there was so much ground to cover. I I knew, you know, this is like a little inside baseball, but like, I knew I had to get to the 90s by episode two, you know? Yeah. So I basically had one episode to cover three decades, you know, like the 50s through the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. almost four decades, like late fifties through the, through the eighties. Um, and so, you know, just tough choices were made. And a big focus on the NRI stuff makes sense for your own personal history with your family running a movie theater. And, uh, yeah. you know, that being the time in which, you know, Bollywood kind of becomes global in that sense. So that totally makes sense. Uh, one kind of favorite of Aaron and Mars that, uh, uh Aditya Chopra talks about, but, we would have liked to see more is uh, Befakray. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> do you have any takes on that film? Because we, we love that one. And he said that uh, the Indian audience wasn't ready for a rom-com. They like romantic movies more. And I don't know if I technically agree with him, but what, what, what do you think about Befakray? Yeah, I mean, I, actually, I think Befakray, I just watched it again recently, actually, like a week ago. Um, and um, I also really love that movie. You know, I think it has, it's, there's a lot of freshness to it. Um, I, I wonder if it was either just a little bit ahead of its time or if it didn't fully lean into sort of the the sort of reckless abandon that it set out to because then it eventually mm. does arc towards a more traditional ending, you know, without giving yeah. anything away for people who want to watch it. Um, but I think like, you know, Vani Kapoor and Ranbir, Ranbir Singh's uh, chemistry in that film was great, you know, um, obviously like visually it's a real treat you know but I wonder if maybe a little bit like Aditya Chopra pulled back like at the last minute you know yeah um more than he could have but then again maybe like at the time if he had really gone full you know he maybe it would have been like totally you know too much you know for the audience at that time um fair enough uh, but, but you know I think you know what I will say about that film is that I always appreciate, you know, being a filmmaker, I always appreciate a filmmaker that's trying to take risks, you yeah. know, um, and try to push themselves into doing something new. And um, I think Yes Chopra, like, did that consistently, you know, time and time again. And when you do that, like, you're going to fail sometimes, you know, and sometimes you, you, those films will be appreciated decades after. Lumhe is a film that, that was appreciated yeah. decades after you know, it first came out, people actually know one of the things that I keep hearing is that people are like, oh, we forgot that film was actually, we didn't realize that film was a flop at the time it came out, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's now considered a classic. And maybe that's the path for Bayford Green. Maybe if we talk about that film 20 <laughs> years from now, <laughs> it'll be better appreciated. Well, doesn't, that's I don't know, the I'm exact sure. thing I always say about Bayford yeah. Great is that it's ahead of its time and years yeah. from now I'm like I bet kids and teenagers are going to watch this on streaming and years from now they're going to love yeah. this movie because <laughs> I I think there I think there's something special about it doesn't uh, Anna Chopper have that shirt that says like justice yeah. for Pray or three and a half stars or something it's the like, great three and a half stars yeah she's amazing. still backing up her review on it so yeah yeah I want to quickly chime in here with a question Matt if that's okay um, go for it 
the the series covers a lot of kind of hot button issues or, or kind of um, conversations that that have been in the zeitgeist around Hindi cinema. So like the term Bollywood, uh, which is one that we embrace because it's easier shorthand, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, than to say Hindi language, like mainstream Hindi language cinema. Um, but <laughs> also- Doesn't roll up the tongue in the same way, does it? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I- yeah. I see some of the some of people's points about Bollywood and its pejorative origins, but it rolls off the tongue a lot easier. So I was just curious about your your opinions on Bollywood, uh, and then I'll I'll save my my second my follow up to what I, the it's, other thing. I was it seemed say. like everyone except for Saif Ali Khan does not care for the term. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Saif Ali Khan, who's in his ever intellectual you know perspective. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think, look, I think it's a catchy phrase, you know, I think it to a, a large degree, um, we as a culture, you know, have reclaimed it, you know, um, mm -hmm. and sort of taken the sting out of it a little bit. Um, but I also really do understand the notion that, you know, we don't want to be defined, you know, yeah, condescendingly be defined in the context of an entirely different industry, you know, yeah. why, why, you know, I think that the resistance to that term is rejecting the notion that Hollywood is the center of the universe and everyone else is just like a spoke, you know, um, yeah. a satellite of that. And, um, and it's also rejecting the notion that all Hindi films are, are facsimiles of Hollywood films with some song and dance thrown in. Um, yeah. So I think that's, you know, I, I totally understand the reasons, you know, why that term has become disfavored. And I, you know, truth be told, I have, since making the series, I really try not to use it anymore. Um, mm. But I'm not going to sit here and say, I'll never say you in Bollywood again, because I, I will. <laughs> uh, so I, I know another question that Erin had, she might chime in again, but uh, uh, the real pressing question is, is that everyone's house? Are you shooting in their own homes? <laughs> For the most part, yeah. yeah. Is that John Abraham's gym? <laughs> uh that one was not john abraham's gym for scheduling oh. reasons we we found oh, a different okay. gym for him <laughs> but we felt it was an appropriate appropriate location for him it's certainly like a very like uh ominously lit gym <laughs> yeah um, i feel like fans are all going to take screenshots now of like shower khan and saif ali khan's bookshelves and Zoom. yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a was lot there anything, to be learned from, was there anything like surprising that you learned about their houses or even on their bookshelves i would love to like zoom in more on those uh, those two guys shelves just because they're yeah. they're such like eloquent and educated guys that i want to yeah. know what what they read uh, i work at a publishing company uh truth oh, yeah. be told so that i have a professional interest as well i, I feel like in Saifali Khan's house, I, I feel like when we went to do that interview, he was reading like every iteration and every uh, of like the Frankenstein story or some, something oh, like that. I might be getting that detail wrong, but he was like in some deep dive, like some literary deep dive on, I want to say it was either like a Frankenstein and the influences or like everything you could read about Frankenstein. No, no don't quote huh. me on that because maybe I'm wrong about the Frankenstein aspect of it, but it was some like, you know, literary th deep dive that he was on. And so cool. there was a lot of those books, you know, all over the place. Um, and there was, I, I know that there was like something interesting that I observed about Shah Khan and I cannot for the life of me remember now um, what it was, which um, I'm kicking, I should have, you know, kept a diary or something, but well, it's got to be there tough was something when you're interesting in Shower about... Khan's house. Like, what's your bookshelf like when confronted with like yeah, oh my the most gosh. charismatic man who ever lived? <laughs> it's got to be yeah, a little challenging yeah. to look at the background. 
I'll just start zooming in myself on the 4K <laughs> rushes and see what I can remember. I can't <laughs> imagine what it was like to meet like all your heroes, right? Like just yeah. crazy. I also want to quickly touch on um, on the nepotism question, um, which is certainly mm-hmm. like a hot button topic in in the Hindi language film industry at the moment. But I really appreciated how uh, the series frames how this is a family business, which I think relates back to your own story. And so yeah. I'm just curious on how you approached that nepotism angle, because watching it, I, I I think one of the things I got the most out of it was just seeing how it's a family business. And so I think maybe your perspectives about nepotism uh, are sometimes a little, they're certainly yeah. charged. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's it's a hot button issue. And I think, you know, it's, I understand why. Um, I, I think nepotism, you know, that, that concept, you know, um, it exists, it's existed since the beginning of time. It's existed in every industry, everywhere in the world. It's nothing new. It's nothing unique to the film industries, either in Hollywood or Bollywood. Um, you know, and like you said, I'm a Nepo baby myself, you know, like I had, uh, you know, I, I followed in my father's footsteps and joined the same, you know, uh, you know, career path, you know, that he, he did because I had a lot of exposure to it growing up and it's something I understood and, you know, uh, gravitated towards. Um, you know, I wanted to include it in the series because it would be, you know, I felt inappropriate to leave it unaddressed. Um, you know, I didn't want to just leave the question hanging because, of course, like the series is not only about the Hindi film industry where in which, you know, nepotism has been a hot button, you know, debate for especially in recent years. But also about, it's, you know, and more importantly, because I don't feel the need to cater to every argument, you know, on Twitter, but, um, but more importantly, it's the, my series is about a family, a dynastic family, you know, in the film industry. And, you know, it was important to me to address that topic, you know, and ask the participants, you know, in the series, particularly the Chopra family, to address that topic. And, you know, I, I appreciated that they were willing to go there and talk about it. And I think, you know, the idea was to sort of look at that issue with a little bit of nuance, you know, and sort of take the sting out of it a little bit. Um, I think it it becomes like a real um, uh, polarizing, you know, topic in entertainment industries, you know, or wherever in the world, you know, because those industries feel so much more closed off than any other industry, you know, in the mm-hmm. world, they feel so much, they're so, they're so much more visible. There's a lot of glamour, you know, and a lot of privilege, you know, associated with that. Um, and it's sort of like the Royal family, you know, it's the same kind of idea where it's the, it's a fantasy, you know, and it's a, who hasn't had a fantasy of like, you know, or dreams of being part of that world. And then when you see people, you know, with advantages have easier entry to that world, it it's, it will piss you off, you know, like I totally get yeah. that instinct. Um, but I think it's like important to me, it was important to recognize that um, nepotism is a fact of life, you know, um, it's everywhere um, and that it should be acknowledged. Um, and then I wanted to show examples, you know, of nepotism for better or for worse, you know, like. I think there are people who supersede, you know, their nepotistic roots, you know, like Aditya Chopra has, you know, where he's taken the the advantages he's been given, but there's, he clearly was meant to do greater things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. with those advantages. And he's, and he's used those advantages to open up, you know, the industry, um, you know, even if it's like one rung, one circle, you know, of inclusion more or two, to people who haven't had that traditional, you know, that sort of uh, access. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I seek to do, you know, like myself in my career is that I've, I totally recognize and acknowledge that I've had a lot of advantages. Um, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, uh, uh, an easier path, you know, than many because of, you know, the, the hustle and the struggles that my father went through um, and the goodwill that he generated, you know, throughout his career. And then now I can, as, as I make gains and make headway in the industry, I can, you know, be cognizant, you know, those advantages and try to expand the circle, you know, for more people who maybe haven't had the same advantages. And honestly, that's the best we can do. What are we going to do? Am I not Mm going to, because I'm going to be afraid of people shouting nepotism at me, I'm going to not, you know, pursue the career that I want to pursue. I have an obligation and a responsibility to work hard, you know, um, and not needlessly take up a spot, you know, that's someone more deserving should get. Um, But I also feel like I'm deserving, you know, I've worked really hard, you know, I've, um, try to do the best with the advantages that I've had. And I really do try to, um, you know, uh, um, make room, you know, and support uh, uh, and uplift people around me, especially people who haven't had those advantages. And I think there are people in the industry, you know, like Aditya Chopra who have done the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he was a little harsh with his uh, brother's acting career. I, I think <laughs> it's actually pretty good. You can use him, like he's great at comedy and stuff. So yeah, I, yeah. That, that, that was a weird comment from him. So last question. Uh, if you were able to actually get uh, Yash Chopra uh, interviewed, what would be yeah. the thing that you would want to ask him the most? Um, okay, so completely selfishly, um, just because I'm so in awe of him as a filmmaker and I, I kind of somehow like appreciate and maybe even romanticize the, the his like analog style of filmmaking, you know, mm-hmm. the very intuitive analog style of filmmaking that he, um, you know, that he really embraced. Um, uh, so much, I would want to ask him, like, what of the technological advances, you know, um, that have been introduced, you know, in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, um, or the, you know, just the globalization of content, like, what of that actually appeals to him? You know, what, hmm. what would he, what would he embrace? Um, you know, would it be digital, you know, sh- like not shooting on 35, shooting dig- on digital? Would it be, you know, I don't know, like, um, uh streaming you know ott's and mm-hmm. and and streaming would it be television would it be you know podcasting i don't know like i'm just curious to know what of the more you know modern iterations of storytelling that he that actually would appeal to him interesting he didn't love the new modern stories as i recall he sure didn't <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't be that but uh, he likes uh, he likes he likes the chiffon. Yeah, it was silk that Aditya was using, right? He didn't like that. Yeah, or... he did not like yeah. the silk. And I have to I have to say he's absolutely right about chiffon. <laughs> it just looks better on screen. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, telling us a little bit behind the scenes about uh, the um, the show. We really appreciated it and we really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for making this series because you know, as as people who are obviously not South Asian a lot of people ask us like why we love these movies why we love this film industry and I'm so grateful to have something to point to on Netflix to tell people Uh watch this you'll learn something and then you'll understand the magic of of these movies and so I, I I think this is a very special series thank you so much amazing thank you guys so much and thanks for you know thank you for giving importance you know and really give you know looking at at our culture and cinema from our part of the world you know um with such regard and respect it's very much appreciated this episode of bollywood is for lovers is brought to you by the edmonton community foundation
The ECF acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create strong, vibrant community here at Edmonton for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can distribute funds. Uh, there's also Vital Signs, which is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. Uh, the 2022 report focused on systemic racism in Edmonton. Uh, to learn more about the ECF, go to ecfoundation.org. We're also sponsored by PodPower. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, we're giving a PodPower shout-out to... What's the Cheesemus? What's the Cheesemus is a new podcast with an inside look on Filipinx identity in the diaspora. Cheesemus is the Tagalog word for gossip. So you can subscribe to What's the Cheesemus to hear weekly episodes about not disappointing your parents, breaking it to your friends that you're not Italian, trying to figure out why you punched a car, and much, much more. What's the Cheesemus is produced by CGSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Download it wherever you find podcasts and on, and on what's the T-S-I-S-M-I-S dot transistor dot F-M. That's T-S-I-S-M-I-S. Well, that brings us to the end of this special bonus episode. We will be back in a couple of weeks to kick off Maduri Madness. March. It's that time again, folks. Yeah, this is our second annual Maduri Madness, our month-long uh, celebration of all things Maduri Diction. Mm-hmm. That'll be out in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com, facebook.com slash bollywoodisforlovers, at bollywoodpod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of this show, you can check out my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. You have a new format now. Uh, we do have a new format. Uh, so go check it out. It's a good time to start. We're now doing one episode where we discuss kind of new releases and other things we've been watching. And then the second episodes we're alternating uh, is when we do our main matchup episode where we discuss kind of two films, one high art film, one low art film with something in common. So. Yeah, there's not a lot of lore. You can get in on the ground floor right now. Yeah, yeah. N- not nearly as much lore as we have. Uh, there's cocktails, though. So yes, that's like kind of your recurring bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah.